it's now known that the mind and body can't be separated. So Western medicine, however, still falls into the deep error of separating the mind from the body. That's Dr. Gabor Mate, and this is the Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Wednesday. Appreciate you tuning in with me. And today we have a super interesting topic with our newest feature speaker, Dr. Gabor Mate. And he's been doing tremendous work around early childhood development and trauma. And we all know that When it comes to our health, if you don't do things like exercise, if you don't do things like get good sleep, if you don't do, if you tend to eat more processed foods, then typically our health declines. But what about when we do things like suppress our emotions, when we take on unnecessary stress, and when we don't live our authentic lives? And he's here to talk more about that. Here's Dr. Gabor Mate. Enjoy. So then the question then is, how do these traits of suppressing emotions, not saying no, taking on responsibility for everybody else, not expressing your own needs, uh, how do they lead to illness? Well, they lead to illness and, and, and burnout uh, because physically they affect the body. They affect the body because it's now known that the mind and body can't be separated. So Western medicine, which has got great achievements, uh, obviously in many, many ways, miraculous in some ways, however, still falls into the deep error of separating the mind from the body. So when you, as I said earlier, when you go to the doctor with a rash, nobody's gonna ask you about your life. And yet that rash says everything about your childhood and everything about how you live your life right now. When you go to the doctor with uh, inflammation of your joints, they're not going to ask you about your relationships, about your work, about um, what you take on, because we separate the mind from the body. Now, interestingly enough, it was right here in Canada that um, there was a very famous doctor in the late 19th century, early 20th century, uh, her name was, his name was uh, Sir William Osler, and his name is still revered in Canada. He was one of the greatest medical teachers of all, ki- all times. And he said in 1892 that rheumatoid arthritis was a nervous system condition caused by worry and stress. And at that time, he had no proof. I mean, the science wasn't there yet. He just had his intuition. He also said that if I want to know whether a man will survive tuberculosis, I need to know not what's in his lungs, but what's in his head. He totally got the connection with emotions and the body. Modern medicine totally ignores it. If you look at the traditional medicinal practices of Aboriginal peoples in Canada, 
of tribal cultures in Africa, uh, shamanic cultures in um, Latin America, traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine of India, the mind and body are seen as one unit. But Western medicine separates them. And this is despite the fact that we now have the science to prove that mind and body can't be separated. So it's not just that Western science doesn't see it. Western science sees it, but Western medicine doesn't accept it. Which is rather tragic, I think. Because we could be helping a lot more people in many, many more ways if we understood what our science is telling us. And what science is telling us is that the emotional centers in the brain are completely connected with the nervous system, the immune system, and the hormonal apparatus. So that whatever happens emotionally will show up in the nervous system, in our immune system, and in our hormones. Now, in a sense, that's totally obvious, because again, if I were to threaten you right now, pull the gun, or shout it at you really loudly, your system would change in a split second. Physiologically, you'd be different people. Your heart rate would go up, your muscles would tense, you'd be higher cortisol levels, and so on. In other words, just because I shouted, your physically would be different, because your emotions would be triggered. And emotions would trigger changes in your body. <coughs> so that's obvious. But this happens 24-7. We're just not aware of it. So when you're suppressing yourself emotionally, when you're not being authentic, when you're not expressing yourself the way you need to be, when we take on stuff that doesn't belong to us, then we're actually suppressing ourselves physically because of the unity of all these systems. They can't be separated. How are they connected? They're connected, first of all, because the nervous system wires them together. So the nervous system is like a giant electrical grid that connects all organs and all systems in the body with the brain. So whatever happens, no, a large part of the brain is actually dedicated to attachment. This is through all our lives. You know, in an elderly couple, this is a study that was done not too long ago, amongst elderly couples who've been together for a long time, when one of them is hospitalized, what do you imagine happens to the other one? Somebody say it? They start getting sick. In fact, their, their chance of dying goes up quite a lot. Why? Because the immune system of the one person is dependent on the relationship with the other. We're connect our mind and body can't be separated, and we can't be separated from an environment. So what happens emotionally shows up physically. So the nervous system wires all our bodies together with the brain. So whatever happens here, happens here, and whatever happens here, happens here. That's the first way. The second way is that each of these organs, each of these systems, the hormones, the nervous system, the, the immune system, puts chemicals into the circulation that go to the brain and are read by the brain. And the brain puts out chemicals that are read by these systems so that the white cells in your circulation, the immune cells in your circulation, can manufacture every hormone that the brain can manufacture. So that your brain is talking to your immune system 24-7, immune system is talking to your brain 24-7. That's the second connection. 
The third connection, which I didn't even know about when I wrote this book nine years ago, is that the heart has a brain. Did you know that? The heart has a nervous system. Surrounding the heart is a very fine network of nerves. And this network of nerves functions like a brain. It has predictive capacities, especially when something's bad going to happen. So when you say, I knew it in my heart, you did. You knew it in your heart. And the brain here, this, this nervous system in the heart, is connected to the brain up here. So they're talking to each other. So the heart is talking to the brain. That's the second. That's the third connection. The fourth connection is that the brain puts out electromagnetic radiation. You can measure the brain waves electromagnetically. So does the heart. So when the two are in sync, then you're kind of together. When the two are not in sync, then you're kind of disorganized. That's the fourth connection. The fifth connection is the gut. Now the gut is, we think of it as an organ of digestion, which it is. But it's much more than that. It's much more than that. The gut is also an immune organ that protects you from bacteria and toxins. And it's also a sensory organ. It helps to read the environment. The gut sends many more messages to the brain than the brain sends to the gut. So that when we have gut feelings, it's because our guts are reading the environment. They get messages from the brain and they magnify those messages. So the question I asked last night, and I'll ask you again right now, I mean, this is a show of hands I'm gonna ask for, okay? If you've had the following experience of having a powerful gut feeling about something and ignoring it and feeling sorry afterwards, please put your hand up, okay? The majority, right? If you've had the opposite experience of having a strong gut feeling, ignoring it, and being great, grateful afterwards, now put your hand up. One, two, three, okay? So you see what the odds are. There's 60 people in the room here, roughly. So out of 60, three will have the experience of being glad they ignore their gut feelings, and close to 60 will be sorry that they ignore their gut feelings. In other words, the gut feelings have a chance of being right about one in of 19 out of 20. So in any battle between the intellect and the gut, the gut's going to be right 95% of the time. In fact, I want to say that it's going to be right 100% of the time, and I'm going to say that the things that you thought were gut feelings were not gut feelings at all. They were just very strong emotions. But the point is, why, why is the gut going to be right all the time? Because the gut reads the whole environment. Gut feelings are not about just the words. Gut feelings are about what's going on in the big picture. So that when you ignore your gut feelings, you're ignoring the big picture, the whole of reality. Now, here's the deal, and we'll finish this with this before lunch, is that when you put your hand up and you said that, yes, I had a gut feeling that I ignored, and I was sorry afterwards, you may not realize what you were telling me, but you were telling me the story of your childhood. Because have you ever met a two-day-old baby that suppressed their gut feelings? Anybody ever see a two-day-old that suppressed their gut feelings? You know, the two-day-old is lying there, hungry and dirty and, 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 and scared, and he's saying to himself, oh, 
I'm, I'm dirty and hungry and uncomfortable and scared, but mommy and daddy are working so hard and uh, I shouldn't bother them right now. <laughs> Have you ever met such a two-day-old? We are born totally connected to our gut feelings. When you put your hand up in response to the question that you suppress the gut feeling, what you were telling me is that at some time or another, you learned that it was safer for you to suppress your gut feelings than to stay connected to it. Why was it safer? Because your parents couldn't handle who you actually were. They couldn't handle who you were authentically, and in order to maintain the attachment relationship, you had to suppress your gut feelings, and therefore you had to suppress yourself. And that's the story of your childhood. And your parents did that not because they meant to. I did it to my kids, not because I meant to do it, but because I wasn't emotionally available and mature enough to handle their true selves. And so that's what happened to you. And so you learned, just like the people I've been talking about, that in order to maintain the attachment relationship, you had to stop being authentic. You had to disconnect from yourself. Big thanks to Dr. Gabriel Mate for stopping by. His work is absolutely amazing. Go to his website, drgabromonte.com. He has a few online events coming up and also check out his book, which I picked up recently entitled When the Body Says No, Understanding the Stress-Disease Connection. And I got this clip from YouTube. If you want to watch the entire talk, you can just go to YouTube and type in When the Body Says No. It's on the Palama Foundation channel and I'll have a link to it as well as all the links to connect with Dr. Mate in the show description. And uh, that is it for me. I hope you have a fantastic day and I will see you back here Friday. So until then, stay strong. Later. Later.